Do your feet sweat in work boots? If you struggle with sweaty feet, you need the best-selling Camel City Mill Lightweight Work Sock. You'll have dry, comfortable feet as their sweat-wicking merino wool is 35% better at wicking moisture compared to polyester socks. Plus, a 10-year durability guarantee thanks to their proprietary Ironside Merino Wool and Nylon Fortified Heel and Toe. Your feet won't hurt and recover faster because of the compression in the arch and calf, which helps circulation through a full 14-hour shift. Expect all-day comfort, even with steel-toe boots due to the extra cushion in the toe. These socks are completely USA-made in North Carolina. Order ship within 24 hours, and anything over $50 ships for free. To get your socks today and see how insanely durable these socks actually are, go to CamelCityMill.com and use the code DIESEL15 and get 15% off your first order. Remember, use the code DIESEL15 for 15% off your entire order at CamelCityMill.com. What's up, everybody? To the right, the man with the hot pipes, Mr. Brian. Turn on your furnace. Welcome back, everybody. And on the telephone tonight, we actually have John DeLuca with A. A. DeLuca Paving. John, how are you doing tonight, sir? God, you're getting good at this. Doing great tonight. Had a long day paving, but I'm doing fine. And what is a typical long day of paving? Because it's only daylight for like seven eight hours that's, yeah, that's right? true uh, let's see well i started i was on the job 5 30 this morning and i left at about i would say about 4 45 all right oh you're cutting so, out early some fucking banker hours there. <laughs> the gosh the gosh darn plant shut down early <laughs> yeah <laughs> so how are things up there in the north john the I mean, like i said the the weather's been you know it's been actually pretty good for this time of year so uh, everyone's, you know, say, well, can we get this parking lot done? Can we get this done? Can we get that done? You know, every, but the problem is, you know, it's gonna, the, it's gonna crash us. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's one of those like, yeah, yeah everyone gets that little, uh, Indian, uh, summer, you know, like jump, like, oh man, we can still get shit done. It's like, well, tomorrow oh, yeah, it's going to we fucking can, freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it, man. The, the phone rings and you're like, Hey, can we get this job in? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by the way, uh, we're ready for you. Well, by the way, it's gonna be uh, next spring. Yeah, and <laughs> See next, next week it's snowing here, so it well, don't fucking matter. We, we, we just started this job. It's gonna take about a month and a half. Oof. And uh, so the first week, the first two weeks, the weather's have been great. But now from next week going on, you know, uh, and it's concrete. And uh, we're doing state. We're doing uh, uh, full depth re- reclamation. All right. Uh, which is uh, we're we're milling we're milling off about four inches of asphalt, okay. and we're reclaiming with cement about fourteen inches deep. Oh wow! And then and then we're putting the uh, two two lifts of asphalt back. Oh wow! Okay. So there's, there's a lot involved in doing that, and weather, of course, you know, is a is a big factor. Are you guys? Do you handle the the uh, stabilization, or do you have another company? Yes. No, I do stabilization. We, we started doing stabilization about five years ago. All right. So for the yeah. listeners who are not in the the asphalt world or the dirt world, could you explain what stabilization is? So basically, stabilization is in in lieu of removing bad soils, uh, with clay soils, expansive soils, soils that yield. Uh, instead of removing them. We are we're, we're we're changing their characteristics basically by adding cement. You add Portland dry Portland cement, 
to clay. You, you mix it in uh, with, with water, and the, it, the clay also turns. Next day, you could drive a loaded truck basically right over it, and wow. it's solid. It That's is, impressive. and it is rock hard. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now, are you, Actually, you doing that with your FAE attachment? I started with the FAE. Uh, we started doing smaller jobs with FE, and then the call, the demand for it uh, started to because we pave, so we're concentrating on, on parking lots, on re on the rehabilitation of right. parking lots. Yep. Uh, the job started getting bigger and bigger. So yes, we still use the FA, but now we're into a full blown reclaimer. All so right. what brand so, reclaimer are you running? Uh, I run Workin, so we okay. I always had to work in mill. Yep. And so I stuck to the working, uh, to the working reclaimer because just no, I mean, a lot of the characters, a lot of the parts, a lot of the things are the same. The function is the same. Sure. The, uh, the bad, the bad things they have are the same, right? Sure. <laughs> trouble from stuff. You know, it's so once you're familiar, at least you're familiar. With yeah, it. Exactly. at least you know what you're in for at yeah. that point. You're like, well, this yeah, is gonna break absolutely. in uh, 14 hours. <laughs> so oh, yeah. <laughs> so going back to the Flintstone ages, John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about. Tell us your backstory. Yeah, we kind of we kind of jumped full blown going. into what you're doing right now. Like we want to know the story wow. of who is John DeLuca. Yeah, what were you well, doing at seven years old besides pissing your diaper? <laughs> uh, actually, it's a little after. So I was already uh, going on a job when I could with my dad. My dad had a small paving company. Started back in the late sixties. They were you know Italian immigrants, and uh, he came to America. Worked for for a paving company dri- driveway guys you know, driveway, yeah. small parking lots and then he started off on his own and i always loved going to work with him you know as a child and pretty much born r- raised in the business yeah so that being said raised on blacktop right that's right raised <laughs> yeah. on blacktop that's and right spaghetti. pretty much that and that's the much, and a lot and a lot of spaghetti too yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you choose asphalt or was asphalt the default because dad just expected you to do it I mean, uh, I, uh, we just continued it. I mean, we, we, we did asphalt. You know, yeah, we, we, we always did asphalt, and we basically grew up with it. So that's the thing we knew, and uh, we stuck to it. And yeah. It's changed. I mean, what? you know, it used to be uh, wheelbarrows and rakes and shovels. And, Gosh. You know, I, feel, I, feel asphalt, <laughs> I feel asphalt chooses you. You don't choose asphalt. Cause I don't see people just waking up and being going. By golly, I just want to go pay some fucking time. Yeah, I'd love yeah, to stand I, over three hundred degree asphalt. Yeah, I'd like to just yeah. be sweating my nuts off raking fucking <laughs> coal all day. I remember. Believe the, me, we've had plenty of people come and try it out and never show up the next day. Oh, right? I believe it. I mean, you know, my uh, my first ground up job. I was doing a, an Aldi's, and this is about ten years ago. And I walk out, we just paved all the, or poured all the concrete. So, the, you know, the concrete, the sidewalks were all, all nice around the apron. And mm-hmm. my asphalt guys did the the base layer. Well, they came within like 20 minutes of me going into my office and then me coming back outside. They went around with the, you know, the bonding, you know, the, whatever you guys spray on. Tack. Between, yeah. Tack down. Oh, tack. Yeah. yeah. So. I didn't know this. And all of a sudden I walk out on the pay, uh, the pavement and go out to their, their machine. I'm telling them what we need to do, you know, make sure they're doing whatever, you know, the compaction rate, you know, or, and then all of a sudden I walked back, but I, I, it was like so quick. I just went out there to go tell them and I had to go back to meet with the manager. Cause we we're just about to open the store in like a week. 
And all of a sudden, I walk right across a brand new freaking oh, concrete. Oh, no, you did All the way into the oh. fucking store on the tile. <laughs> and I look back, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't I, feel the sticky on you? No, you, it, it, just, it was so wet. Like, it, it just, I don't know. Cotton was fucking I was, just, out of I was in mind. fucking cotton zone, man. Apparently, I was just, choo, choo. there is no mistaking when tech is 300, down. you know, things I had to t- accomplish in the next, like, 20 minutes, and that was one of them. And I was like, all right, next. Oh. And also, I stepped on the concrete, and I'm like, all right. I got a, in the store, and I stop. I'm like, this, a little oh, hit of this. fuck. Yeah, let's just say I turned into it's, a labor uh, bitch scrubbing the fuck out of that tile in that concrete. <laughs> that sucked. It's a, it's a frequent. I mean, it, it happens a lot. I mean, we have to. We try to be very careful when we're attacking parking lots, watching people crossing mm-hmm. by. Uh, when you go in a condo, the last condo we did, we just told them out front, listen, we're not going to attack this at all because it's going to cost more in, in replacing <laughs> carpets and rugs and right. tiles in the houses than you know than yep. it's worth. John, what's your, what's your best story when it comes to that? Like, you can't fix stupid moment. <laughs> oh, I got, you know what? Hey, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have one this morning. You know, a driver decided to do me a, a, a nice favor, you know, a hired driver. I told everybody to get loaded at 7.30 today because we had a lot now, of stuff. Now, that doesn't mean get, get right drunk. We start. That means get loaded. So right? this guy decides to do me a favor. He gets loaded at 6.30, and he shows up on the job with the wrong mix Oh, an hour ahead of time before. And we're just staring at him, and he's got 25 tons. So, oh, which is 20, no. 25, which is $2,500 of blacktop of the wrong mix on the truck. He goes, oh, I figured I'd get it earlier. Well, gee, thanks a lot. <laughs> can you do me a favor and i'll take it back to the quarry and dump it and yeah. on Jesus. or or you or you go tell them to go knock on people's doors and see who wants to get their driveway exactly yeah. done today now how did you guys get started back in the day were you bag mixing this shit when you were a kid or was no, it- I, from what i remember we were always picking up with the single axle dump uh, wow. eight or nine tons and we had uh, three three always three we still have three coal shoots in the back of our trucks we still have coal shoots wow all right and then the, we would raise the body and uh open up the coal chute goes into the wheelbarrow then we have the wheelbarrow guys and the rake guys and the oh, tamper wow. guys and Dude, I, that is I, brutal I remember specifically there were days where it was just me my brother and my father and we did 80 ton driveway so oh, i would wow. wheelbarrow oh. You're talking oh, yeah. to like a man that built America. Oh, uh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That was, my, that, that was my dad's thing. You know, oh, I do this by hand, you know, the driveways. And it was right. I mean, sometimes bringing, you know, big, heavy equipment on driveways on that, you know, I've really were never, you know, the, the subgrades were never good enough to take any kind of load. It was yep. probably the better way of doing it. it just it was killing and, us. But, you know, the drivers were coming out nice. So. Let me ask you this, John. I'm going to I'm going to jump on my trade soapbox for just a second. Yeah. When you think about those memories, are those mm-hmm. fond memories of working with the three Absolutely. of you guys? Absolutely. That, Absolutely. That is priceless. Yeah, that is the one thing about the learn, trades. You know, Absolutely. Yeah, it's there if here you are wheelbarrow you said how many tons 80 I tons I remember a number of once of 80 tons one day 80 <laughs> tons oh wheelbarrow God. with dad and wheelbarrow. his brother how many wheelbarrows of well, asphalt is say. that oh, about 250 <laughs> yeah. you figure about oh. 200 250 pounds of yeah. wheelbarrow right oh my god and and yet at the end of the day it's a fond yeah. memory yeah. that was a bonding Absolutely. experience that was that's Absolutely. awesome and imagine imagine rake raking any time raking is no 
Raking is probably worse than wheelbarrowing. Yeah, I would agree. That's a full upper body workout. (laughs) If you and that's the whole thing. And if the guy doesn't know how to dump with you know dumping with the wheelbarrowing technique. Yep. If you don't know how to dump it right, you're gonna get cursed at and all kinds of things. And then you know, then you learn of course eventually. But then you know, and if someone really wants to teach you how to wheelbarrow, here's a rake. Here, let me see you push this this uphill. (laughs) When what age did you start drinking? Drinking beer. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> About <laughs> seven. I, uh, the problem is, yeah, problem is I, got, I was so tired when I got home, I couldn't even I just go to sleep. <laughs> it's the whole party scene. Yeah. You know. Wow. Now, as things progressed and you got older, how did things start evolving from going well, to then, a wheelbarrow you know, to a well, paver? From wheelbarrows, then we started, you know, the small, uh, small power box pavers and then learning the pavers, the whole thing about the pavers and all the the mechanism, the geometry of the pavers. And now today we're running a, a Vogla. I don't know if you're familiar with the Vogla yeah, yep, yep. from Birkin Company, you know, with uh, all the automatics and all the bells and whistles on it, you know, the match joints and, uh, you know, the automatic feeds and all these things. So uh, extensions, we were paving at 20 feet wide today, you know. So Wow. Now, just for path, shits yeah. and giggles, Electric screed, that's the big thing. The electric oh, yeah. oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, it's that's that's, that's a lifesaver right there. So, just for shits and giggles, John, mm-hmm. when a new guy hires in, do you hand him a wheelbarrow? <laughs> oh, so oh, yeah, we listen when we got to the corners and we got to do patches. Hey, we're, we're still wheelbarrowing yeah. stuff and raking, you know. Yeah. And yeah, we hand them, we start them with the well, the thing is. The new, then you know, yeah, you know, we start with the tamper. Usually, a new guy that had knows how to do nothing, you hand him a tamper and make sure he puts diesel fuel in the bar and doesn't start picking up black. Yeah, yeah. you know, that was a little tricky to trade when I had to do it, the storm drains, he, the diesel yeah, fuel. If he makes, yeah, if he makes it through that day, then the next day, you know, tampers and then maybe then the plate tamper, you know, the power to vibrating plates, right? Yep. Make sure you turn on the water and don't leave streaks and <laughs> a little bit of time. Yeah. But now, going from back in the day to now mm-hmm. are the training methods still the same and is the complaint department still the same i i think so i mean it, it'll it's, never you know, change it's, it's whether you know what uh a friend of mine put it you know actually put this very well in the right words he had someone ask him if he could go work you know the guy this this, this friend of mine's a paver also you no know, big crew <laughs> and uh one of his relatives asked him if he could go work with him he said okay Said, I want you to go home tonight and watch a video of a rodeo and look at that rodeo. And that's what you are to expect tomorrow when you come to work. <laughs> a bunch of circus clowns running around and chasing running a bull. Around with hot, with hot material yeah. and the hot weather. You fuck with the bull, you get the horn. Yeah, fuck yeah. And that's, you know, so if, if, if they could take it, you know, if they can handle that, the heat, the stress, uh, hurry up. Cause you know, you don't have much time with asphalt. No, you got yeah. to lay it right. You get one chance, you know, you're, there's no going back and you know, there's, it's, it's, now, it's, it's, how crucial are the steps for fucking laying asphalt? Very crucial. And why? I mean, well, well, for, first of all, you, first of all, you need a solid base. Yes. And when you don't have a solid base, then you have then with some experience, you could still get by. You're not going to have a great job, 
But if that's what is handed to you, you yeah. know, and you're, here you are, you're trying to put blacktop down with the paver. In the meantime, the paver is sinking into the sub base, <laughs> uh, creating ruts, and the trucks are making ruts. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you, you're trying to keep this thing on grade, smooth, perfect. But now you have another factor, which is the whole paver going down with the whole subgrade. That gets very difficult. Yeah. And then not cracking it when you go rolling. Now it's the roller guy. Yeah. yeah. Getting it down is one thing. And then bringing it to compaction without ruining or destroying it, then that's a whole other. I, I always thought it was fun. Like sitting there, you know, we'd have uh, an, oh, a customer, you know, they'd be like, well, we just want to, we want to mill the top and, you know, just yeah, put a new layer down. And, a half. and it's like, yeah. You're sitting there looking like the reason why they want to do this is because the parking lot is a freaking land, you know, it's just landmines right. everywhere. And I'm like, yeah, you know, there's going to be through the crap. Yep, yeah, it's going to be doing this again in the next before the end of the season. And they want to oh. save money, but then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you know, it's blown. The <laughs> we do it, and then they're calling us before the job's even over. Like, oh, this parking lot's like shit, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, we, we told spent you all this well, money. Yeah. Well, the, 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 listen to this i mean you know you look at a parking lot if you're experienced you know what there's a bad sub there's a subgrade issue you'll know right away yep and this let's say it's uh it's a doctor's office so only sees light vehicles cars all day Mm -hmm. so then it's okay why don't you bring a mill in here that weighs probably 30 tons on four tracks (laughs) and then a bunch of three axle four axle trucks and mill this out and then bring blacktop in and pave it. What do you think? Even if you didn't pay, what would that parking lot look like when it's done? Exactly. Now it's just ruts. Now yep. it's just destroyed. You're and, driving two tracks and, all the way in. You know, no. and, 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 <laughs> and now you really have a problem because now you broke through. There was that little bridge, that material bridged a little bit. It was yep. somewhat holding. Now you broke that. You yep. broke that bond. Now you have a big problem. That's why we got into soil so many because we, we run into parking lots like that. So now what do we do? Yeah. Now, now go go uh, explain to the to the owner <laughs> that not only we have to take all the blacktop out, we have to remove the soil and we're gonna have to find a place to bring the soil, and then we're gonna have to bring aggregate in, and then we're gonna have to pay it pave it and hope it all in yeah, by the way. They're, the they're nice is, little fifteen thousand dollar job just turned into a seventy thousand dollar job real quick. Job in, and you know how far that, that doesn't go too far. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now how did yeah. you even get into subsoil and Obviously, you touched on it. You've seen the parking lot falling apart, whatever. Well, yeah, how, well, did, yeah, how did you know. even go in that adventure of something you've I, never done? You know what? I've always, there's one thing I always did is read a lot. Well, then, of course, in the later years, the internet and going to uh, to trade shows, the, the expos, con expos and all yeah. these things and trying to learn new things. And I said, there's got to be a better way of doing this. Yeah. You know, there's got to be a fix to this. And Europeans are, you know, they, they do a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, because they could, it was always very hard for them uh, because of the cost of fuel to, to remove to remove soil, bring it somewhere, and then bring aggregates, aggregates back Correct. to replace. You know, so they always, they found a way of doing it, uh, mixing lime, mixing cement, or just, just, just mixing down deep. Just doing a mechanical stabilization, just try to make the the materials uniform, get a uniform layer, compact it, and you know a little water to help the compaction, and yeah. then get it stable and dry, and then pave over it. You know, I think Michigan should try to do that everywhere. We, we are. I think. Well, no, you know, we, we're going to be for, we're going to be forced with the costs of energy, with the costs of yeah. material. Yeah. Well, especially when we start running on battery powered equipment. 
Absolutely. (laughs) We've got a ways. We've got a ways. So what was it like getting into stabilization, John? That's that's kind of a very tough, very tough, very hard, because not only I have to treat exactly not only I have to train myself. But you got to train get others. Employ- yeah. Get my employees to understand what we're doing. Yep. And then get the property out. Because if you go to an, if an engineer is doing a job right away, then mm-hmm. they, either they know about it or they'll look into it and they see the savings and they're, oh, wow, this is great. Yeah, you could do this. Yeah, sure, I can. Okay, do it. Try explaining to a, a property owner if you're dealing direct, directly with him. Yeah, no yeah. engineers, no. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this process in this parking lot. It's gonna save you about forty percent, fifty percent, versus excavation and replacing everything. Mm-hmm. You think he hears the, the savings and right away he's gonna go for it? No, because then he's gonna ask the other guy that doesn't stabilize. He goes, "Oh no, that can't." You be don't done. need that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you gotta no, redo the whole parking lot. That won't work. No, no, well, that, that won't work. Well, that and essentially what you're telling the guy is, here's the deal. I'm going to go out and buy some concrete, and then I'm going to bring in a big old rototiller, and we're going to till in some concrete. It's like shopping at Dollar General. (laughs) (laughs) I I did a job for a very... uh, for a be- very big, uh, a big company, you know, uh, that rents uh, vehicles if you're moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, they bought, they bought a, they bought a piece of property and it was re- right up against, uh, let's say a river. So the soils were horrible and there's just nothing you could do. And they kind of realized this after they wrote the check. And then Oops. a friend of mine that did work for him called me over there and said, "No, yes, I woke up. No, you're sure this is this is no problem. Actually, this is a perfect. So I could cement this, this and that. You know, and you know they're just looking. I said, we never heard about this. How are you going to get? Well, listen, I said we can we could bring a a, a soils uh, a soils guy that does a cement stabilization uh, testing and soil mix design. He'll do this. Yeah. Cement, you know, the, the design or." I know it's going to work. How about I do the job? This is what I want. You give me nothing. But the the next day I cement this. When I tell you, and I'm going to drive a loaded truck over this. And, and you watch a, it. And you watch it. Then you'll start writing me a check for this. Yeah, month. there's zero deflection. Said, yeah. What do you What do you have to lose? The, the regional manager looked at me and said, we got nothing to lose. Can you be sure? And that's what we did. <laughs> Hell yeah. It, the next it, day, uh, I drove a loaded tandem over basic area. You couldn't even drive a car in. Yep. And they couldn't believe it. He sent the video to his bosses, and they said, you know, it's just uh, set us up. Uh, we'll set you up as a vendor. And we're gonna what kind of David Copperfield track. guy do we hire? It, it is. <laughs> it really is. It, yeah, I mean, to an extent, as laughable it is, as it is. It, it is yeah. almost like black magic because you, you go into an area, literally, like he said, you cannot drive in. And no. once you churn Ever. that Portland in, you don't have long to get that compacted yep. and graded flat. And, graded, and then it yep. is hard yep. as a fucking rock. That you can, that, yeah, no, no, yeah we, you you can drive a, a loaded concrete truck over now, it. How is zero it to deflection. clean the subsoiler after you uh, do the mix? <laughs> I'm sorry, what's that? How 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 awesome is it to clean the the oh, I, I machine buy, after subsoil? Uh, I bought a seven thousand dollar one of those hotsies. All right. And every day we cement, we uh, we were washing down all the equipment from yeah, the yeah. Uh, from the basically it's the distributor gets that gets messed up more the cement gotcha. distributor, which is a, a Fen tractor. I don't know if you're familiar with Fent. I yep, have a Fen yep, tractor. Yep. 
and I have a nine series Fent because the nine series Fent also runs the uh, the FAE uh, grinder that I have the right. M, uh, the MTM yeah. grinder okay. which I started with, and uh, that has a a distributor that I I have a silo. So basically, this is how it works: the the pneumatic truck carrying about between 24 to 27 tons of dry Portland wow. fills up at the job and he pumps into the, uh, he pumps into my silo. I have a 30 ton silo. And then the silo has an auger that fills my distributor. Okay. So my distributor carries about four and a half tons and it's all, you know, computerized, uh, radar speed. You know, you, you set your, your rate, whatever, which is usually uh, pounds per square yard. The job we're doing now, we're doing about 65 pounds a square yard right. in Portland. Oh, wow. And we're driving it and we're driving it down 14 inches. Yeah. So he fills the, uh, he fills the, um, silo, the silo feeds the distributor, distributor guy in the tractor with the distributor, lays it out on the ground eight foot wide or or two foot increments and um then i start with the reclaimer with a water truck tethered to the reclaimer and i push the water truck and hopefully the guy in the water truck knows which way to <laughs> pays <steer>. attention <laughs> yeah right. yep. doesn't fall asleep and that's a you know starts a lot of fights yeah but, <laughs> so as, as you yeah. say you push the water truck like yeah. you're verbally He's yelling done, at uh, him or uh, no 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 i i did it the easy way i went to i bought a big long metal tube about 14 foot and put a hook on each end and there's one one side is uh, on the hook to the reclaimer and the other one's on the pinnacle hook of the truck and then the hose so i'm basically i'm pushing and pulling all right yeah all right. you have any close calls with that water truck at all oh many many <laughs> <laughs> like what yeah oh, i'm just sitting there well, thinking this. well you know what if if the truck is straight, straight, dead straight, a little bit angle ahead of you, let's say you're, you're facing uphill, right? Yeah. If he's dead straight and we stop, I stop. You know, well, if I'm stopped, of course he's stopped because you know we're, we're we're tethered by a, a rigid pole, right? Mm -hmm. But if he's on a slight angle to me and he doesn't put the brakes on, oh, your your whole entire truck, you're bending you know, some shit what? up. He, he's he's roll. That truck's gonna roll back. And uh, then, and if I try to go back, I just can't go back without, you know, you know, and you're telling him, stop, put on the brakes, stop. And he's not listening. And then that truck's going to come back and bend the pole. Break I will hold, say that is, and, you know, that's one beautiful thing about those situations is when there's an emergency and you're it's screaming like at someone swimming, well, you know, well, everyone's it's one gotta of those be things, in sync when you're screaming, do mm -hmm. something, the natural instinct. The, oh, okay. This is what the guy. Well, why are you yelling? Well, why don't you hit the brakes? What well, yeah, that's that's the thing. The natural <laughs> instinct, for whatever reason, for people in those situations, is to freeze and look at you like a deer in the headlights, and you're like, "God damn it! What don't do you want stare me at me!" I, I, I believe me. I had an argument yesterday with this over the guy because he was having a hard time following me when I'm backing up. I mean. He just doesn't. Okay, so then listen to me. If I'm telling you turn left, turn right, and just follow me, because if there's a soft spot, you got to get around it. We can't get the truck stuck in the soft spot, because yep. then you're going to rip the axles off or something. So and that's fine. Spent, we have people to fix that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I spent thousands of dollars on radios, headphone sets, and all these things to yep. communicate. All I have to do in the morning when they're, you know, when they get to the to the depot. 
go in their, where, you know, in their changing room. There's a set of uh, intrinsically safe radios. We had to get them intrinsically safe. I said, just pick up the radios, bring them for the job. What is intrinsically safe? Oh, we had to get intrinsically safe because they're like explosion proof because we were working in a refinery. So they're they're Ah, a Motorola two-way radio, but then they make an intrinsically safe one that won't have like (laughs) static or yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it costs eight times the amount just because it's intrinsically safe. Yeah. Thousand dollars each. Damn. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they're sitting there, you know, there's eight of them. (laughs) And, and you can you can be on oxygen while you use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that way, if you have the radio in a truck, oh, I'm saying right, left, you listen. You find no one thing because then, no, then the guys start yelling this and that, you know, and it, it turns into a, you know, but that's, you know, that's, that's the, typical. That's normal. the old mafia come out of you. The old mafia, <laughs> you just go back to throwing bones. Uh,. Yeah, I, I got to be careful. I do carry a machete on a reclaimer. But not, <laughs> no, because of the bra- because of branches. Because oh, of branches, you know? but oh, that guy's arm got in the way of the branches. Yeah, Sorry. It was the biggest branch <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> no, no, but really, sometimes you don't realize you're on a reclaimer or, or even on a mill on both of them. I seriously have a machete there because you get into a tree you, with the you, you, you don't want to mess up the whole pass you're doing. So, you know, you got to trim a branch, you trim a branch. Yeah. You know, so that's thing is sitting in a threatening way just sitting on top of the cab there. I love it. Speaking of trimming branches, so there's there's a one-arm loader man out to the west, right? Mm -hmm. And he's he runs a like what are those like nine forty Kamatsu's? Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, loading Mm -hmm. trucks, and I'm like, man, that poor feller, like he's he's having a hard fucking time loading trucks. Yeah, and they're joysticks, right? And as he yes. comes around, he's got Captain Hook on the one arm, and he, that's the bucket controls. And I'm like, son mm-hmm. of a bitch, he's actually doing pretty good. Well, I got talking to him the other day and uh, trimming, trimming branches. <laughs> and I was like, all right, man, I got to ask. Like, you're pretty decent run to loader. He's like, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> how, how did you lose the nub? <laughs> you know, and he's or like, how did you well, get a nub? <laughs> I, I do love that. He says, I don't want to talk about it. And Rick's next line right is, <laughs> I'm going to talk about it anyway. God so, damn it. Yeah. So like 10 minutes of probing, prodding. He's like, oh, fuck. he's like, all right, well, here's the thing. Shiver me timbers. He's like, we had an air tailgate on one of the semi dump trailers. Oh, God. Oh, no. And we had it up in the air, but he never put the safety pins in as he was working on it. And it malfunctioned and it took his fucking arm Dude, off. Well, just seeing that thing right come there. sweeping down, that's oh, gone. Sure. It just made me think when we were talking about trimming branches oh, and machete. Yeah. How about <laughs> I, I could see how you got oh there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Total fucking <laughs> whacked. <laughs> now, it does. I actually learned I'm not because then I, I saw on Facebook on a paving page a couple of guys now on their milling machines that show they, they have these battery operated. Uh, you know, chainsaws or these little cutters or sawzalls. But yeah. So, um, you know, I, you I may, guess may, a, may make it a little less, uh, you know, uh, scary. You'll just have well, the nice about to say, yeah, the uh, You know what, John? Don't cave. Don't don't put no, on the cave. Oh, no, the machete to me is the Fuck best yeah. thing. Yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because if I'm the labor and, like, some disgruntled <laughs> homeowner comes up, I'd be like, the boss is in there and he carries a fucking machete. You yeah. call that bitch see him. You call that bitch the cleaver. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John always gets his money when he's done. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd, see, I'd see somebody walking up, I'd be squirting fake blood on that motherfucker. Can I help you, sir? 
<laughs> Where's the check? That's right. <laughs> John is John has been doing this for X number of years. Never had a late payment. <laughs> <laughs> and bring the fucking spaghetti. <laughs> now, John, what's uh, what's been some of the biggest jobs you guys reclaimed so far, year to date? Your biggest jobs? Well, yeah. volume of cement wise. What do we do? We did actually we did that with the FA machine. This is before I had the reclaimer. A volume of cement. They were building a, uh, what was one of those Amazon warehouses. Oh, wow. Like What's Amazon? One, one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they were one of those 1.2 million, you know, square yeah. foot. And uh, it was a tilt up, uh, a tilt up structure. Yeah, those are going up around here. Yeah, and the back parking lot had a really bad spot. And the problem was about 12, 13 feet deep into the ground. And the Ooh. only reason why they had, a, they had to fix it because the big crawler crane had to get through that oh, area yeah. oh. to put up to pick up right the poor you know when they, you know that it's a tilt up so they need a big ass i don't know that was just a big crawler yeah you know and putting timber it was just too expensive so well, what could you know so what about if we start cementing so they 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 mucked it all out and we started from 12 feet minus 12 and went up like 12 feet in layers you know wow layers. And just we were doing just, lifts and lifts we, and we lifts. were just lifts and lifts yeah. and lifts and we were losing cement in there like it was unbelievable you know, Holy like shit. it was going out of style you, you know so, what shit that you dug out was getting thrown back in with your cement as you were oh, mixing it oh yeah yeah and no, i was just i mean the first layer it was just slop it was just water now was jimmy hoffa right. at the bottom of that pile it very possibly could have been, but <laughs> you know what? That was the one customer where the cleaver didn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh that's something that that doesn't occur to a lot of people. When it comes to those big cranes, there's a shitload of money that goes into just prepping the pads for the oh, cranes. Yeah. You're going twelve yeah. feet deep. For a for a crawler crane, this isn't even for the structure, correct, John? No, this was for the crawler that was picking up the panels, right? Yeah. Unbelievable the panels, the yeah. outside the wall panels. Unbelievable. Wall panels. There's so I mean, much these, goes into it. These warehouses today, thirty six, forty feet. You know, they're tall. Yeah, uh, eight foot panels, forty feet. Man, that thing. I don't know what it weighs, but I'm sure it's very heavy. Yeah. And the crane was, and, and you know, and, and these guys with the cr- with cranes, they they're taking no chances. If they don't meet, if you don't have the stability that they want, they ain't bringing the crane. Oh, hell no. Well, and and we've talked about that on the podcast before, but but that's the thing when you get into the hoisting world is it doesn't matter who is responsible for the rigging. It doesn't matter who's done the, the paperwork. At the end of the day, the operator. operator. Oh, if the one hundred percent, he ain't doing it. Yep, one hundred percent, because he, he is, is the guy done. liable for the pick. So. Uh, no, one thing does occur to me in this podcast, we've mentioned it about four or five times now. Uh, we need to give a shout out to FAE. So the reason we Absolutely. met John is, yes, it yes, yeah. was through FAE. As you guys recall, your regular listeners, he was just this lonely, nice man sitting in the lobby with the cleaver. We were waiting well, for well the, so back up yeah, for the regular. I left the cleaver in New Jersey. <laughs> that's sure. that's, that's the only reason we approached John. Yeah, he, he couldn't get you through uh, at the just, just the way he talked was like, if you don't let me in your van, I'm going to fucking beat your ass. It, it kind of was. Yeah, it was. You were very authoritative. Where are you from? <laughs> like, upstate. Jersey. 
Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> we're like, okay, get Sorry, in. He's getting in. <laughs> Pop in, get in. <laughs> but, but no, just to, to back up for the regular listeners here, I don't know, it's been four or five episodes. We did a live broadcast from FAE's open house, and that is the event where we met John. And so big Absolutely. shout out to FAE for this relationship. And, uh, and yeah. as John has mentioned, he is using an FAE. Uh, what is the... I'm using the MTM. The MTM okay. is a multi-task grinder. Uh, you need about 300 horsepower. It's, it's a PTO driven grinder stabilizer. Uh, they call it a multitask because there's different things. You, there's different teeth you could put on. All right, sure. So you could go through asphalt. You could grind up rock. So what I'm using it for now oh, is when I get into these. Yes, that too. But when, <laughs> we get into, when we get into these, uh, let's say this bony material with a lot of rock, which rocks will start breaking teeth and holds on a regular reclaimer. All right. Yep. Said the the MTM can take that and start sizing down the stone, the rocks. So oh wow. He'll size that down, and then I run the reclaimer through. All right. Interesting. So John's that, the kind of yeah. guy you go there with a body bag and a couple of black briefcases. <laughs> he doesn't even bat like, an eye. You reclaim this? <laughs> Absolutely. And the way you know that, you look up, and he's got that machete, and you're like, oh, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, do you need to use this a couple more times? <laughs> do you need to cut him up first? <laughs> what, what size? <laughs> Jeez, oh, so deets. how long have you been in the in the stabilization game five years he said. i would say about five years yeah five six years uh i'll tell you exactly the first time i know probably more than that the first time i contacted fa i believe was in 2016 all right so i okay. was going through some uh probably on the internet or in a man and i saw because i was looking for some kind of a reclaimer something to do small work he was on know? the internet searching for yeah. heads and then <laughs> i saw that and then i saw this italian company and then i saw a number so i called the number in italy I said hey you guys sell in the united states he goes yeah this is a number call these guys down there in georgia and talk to them and that's how it started and and you were now, able to talk Italian to these guys. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. you totally yeah, threw absolutely. me down there in in, in Georgia. Georgia of all places. Yeah, no, Georgia. I, actually, I lived. I lived in Italy. For, I went to high school in Italy. So, did you really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, See, these well, are the so stories rewind, we didn't hear. Yeah, rewind, rewind backwards. Now. So we have to go back. So my my fa- my mother father came here in the, in the let's say in the early to mid, mid early mid sixties. All right, and, and so they were actual. Immigrants. immigrants immigrants yes, yes oh yes, wow yes, okay yes and okay then uh at a certain point when i was about 10 they decided they wanted to move back to italy okay so we went back to italy and then we came then we came back here again when i was 20 so i spent 10 years there so what brought you and, back to italy and then what brought you back to the u.s well, wait, well this well i i think after you lived in a in the u.s for a while mm-hmm I don't think there's any other country like it. I don't think any any other country, at least until now, would even come close to what the U.S. offers. Well, as far you're as goddamn right, America. <laughs> Hands down, I mean, you know, there's it's still, a wonderful think, place. It, it, you know it's what? The greatest country in the world. I mean, if you want to work and uh, you want to do something for yourself for your family america always afford you that that opportunity 100% as as much as we have shit on america in this podcast it is it is a great country of opportunity and you know uh fortunately the politics in europe are different i mean you want to be a you want to be an independent business person Mm, not gonna happen that easy ain't gonna happen really 
Oh, no, no, no. What, what makes it so difficult over there, just as a dumb American? Well, what does make it so uh, difficult? I, I just think that their political system, to me, the way I see it, they either like extremely, extremely big, 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 big business. It's mm-hmm. big, big. You have to be huge. Or you're just going to be a nine to five, you know, that thousand euro a month paycheck. And yeah. that's it. Hmm. Interesting. Nothing in between. So when did you, how old were you when you moved to Italy and how old were you when I you moved back? About, I was, I was about nine when we went to Italy. And when I came back here, 19, 20. Did you speak Italian when you moved to Italy? Uh, some dialect, very, not, not very much. Just kind of no, what you caught on with much. your parents talking yeah, here. Yeah, when I caught with my parents. Yep. You know? Gotcha. Interesting. But great schools though. I mean, I love the schools and the schools and they were great, great schools. You Interesting. Really, if you wanted to learn especially the high school, if you want to learn. Now, being one generation removed, do you still mm-hmm. have family in Italy you stay in Absolutely. contact with? Absolutely. All right. So how no, regularly do you have, get to go back home? Like, uh, before, we probably on an average once a year or so, you know, we go back. We still have, we have a small, small uh, condo. Okay. That, you know, me and my brother have, we still have some little, property olive trees oh making some wine huh yeah oh my god I was just, my brain just went blah boy top's <laughs> drinking you, some you, you, never, wine. you never had olive wine come on olive wine yeah <laughs> i so, mean i love wine now are you accepting <laughs> guests at your condo because i'm absolutely that sounds well, like mean, a fantastic hey, time it's in a very small village and you know in in uh central southern italy just south of south of rome of yes we're south of rome we're about two hours oh south my god of rome. that sounds phenomenal it does sound but, amazing yeah, yeah. all all of trees we could drink some olive wine yeah, all stay together tuned while we <laughs> reconvene right. in italy and do a new podcast yeah absolutely yeah, we should do that sometime that's gonna suck the owls right <laughs> off our toes <laughs> 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 so where are you at from a business standpoint john are you kind of at a point where you're maintaining are you still actively trying to grow kind of what's the future for you well i mean listen we we could grow our mm-hmm. biggest problem as you know is but well, we, we're missing two things we're missing drivers mm-hmm. yep. can't find drivers yep uh i i have Three, let's say three dump trucks, right? For bringing material, for taking millings away, for bringing asphalt. Today we paid my trucks were parked, and I have to hire. You have to hire trucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ain't got drivers. There's yeah. no drivers. Yeah. Finding someone that is an operator that would like to work or so. No, we we don't have the employees to be able to grow. That's the problem. Now, do this no. before you have them come to the site interview. Hide the machete. I was about and to say, where's that machete? <laughs> <laughs> that John DeLuca. I, 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 show, I showed up and uh, God, he just come and staring at his machete. You know what? It's the damnest thing. Is drive I've, had, his truck. I've had 30 applicants this this month and nobody stuck around past the first five minutes. <laughs> God, dude, if I worked for John. The minute, I, the, the minute we got up to the first tree with the, with the milling machine, I saw the machete come out. That was he took time. off running. <laughs> If I, if I worked for John as an employee, dude, I would zip tie body parts to his truck and shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the new hire was 
coming on. What's up with all the arms and the nutsack hanging off the truck? And then you meet John with the It's machete. the cleaver. That's the guy that backed the water truck into yeah. the reclaimer. That's right. <laughs> His name was Joe. Uh, it was. was, was yes. now, now, John, obviously you've been doing this for a while. If you could give some advice to some of the business entrepreneurs in the field, what would it be? Listen, it's, it's not, nowadays it, it, it's hard. I would keep things, keep things simple, keep things in within, uh, uh, you have to size the company and matter that you could really manage it. And you, and you have to learn how to do with less. We, we put 620 tons down today with the five man crew. Wow. Nice. I've, I live by less is more. And that's to me, my I, biggest thing. I said, listen, we've learned to do that. And you know how you do that? You, you put down that kind of tonnage at, at, two, at a two-inch lift, 600 tons. You know, you're going to cover in a <laughs> pretty a big area. Yeah. And it's a park. You're not a roadway. It's a roadway. Then it's nothing. But mm-hmm. these are parking lots back and forth and wedges and, you know, and, and here and in between the islands around the inlets and all these things. But and how we do it, you learn not to make mistakes. Because if you don't make any mistakes, you're not shoveling. You make a mistake, now we're shoveling. Yep. You know, that, you make a mistake, you're gonna sh- you got to shovel your way out. Yep, and that's so not fun. You learn not to make, and everybody pays attention. But when you had 20 guys around, no one's paying attention. And it's yeah. a mistake. Oh, we'll just shovel because there's 20 guys, and then there's another mistake, and then there's another mistake, and fix it and rake it, and, and it never ends. So. That was that was perfect. That was well said. I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. amazing. These... Uh, un- unfortunately, you know, th- this dream of having all oh, two, three, four, five crews. Yeah, yeah. That, that that works well. It's business wise if they're if all the crews are making money. If they're sinking, and you have yeah. The guys, but you know, you start laying, you know, you start throwing asphalt away and start messing up jobs. I mean, blacktop is too expensive. Next today thing, to make yeah, next thing you know, it your uh, your bank account's uh, empty. Oh no, no, you're you're in big trouble. Yeah. Uh, now, trouble. now, when do you think somebody maybe that's on the fence with the way the economy is and with the lack of help right now, when does somebody need to start thinking about maybe when they need to hang up their business or maybe this isn't working out no more? Well, that's, I guess, like you said, your ba- your bank account is going to be a good clue right there. Yeah, your your accountant good, will, is your, your best friend. Might, might think, you know, you know that that right there. But you know, you have to really look at what your quality of life is, mm-hmm. because if you know, you know how it has having a business just takes. You know, I, I you know what I on Sundays I move machines on Sundays. Yeah. Talk about not having a driver. We're going to find the low boy driver that can move equipment. <laughs> yeah, you won't. <laughs> they're they're you at might church. Find a guy, you might find a guy that can drive a truck. Well, he could drive an automatic truck. And that's a whole other, that, that boy, I, you know, listen, I have a couple automatic trucks and they're great. But I think on the other hand, that caused a lot of problems because now it turned a lot of guys into that would have never driven, but they're driving because there's automatic trucks, mm-hmm. but they're not drivers. Yeah. And they're, they're even just if pushing it's an gas. automatic, and if you don't know how to back up, you don't know how to back up whether it's a, a, a stick or an automatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that, you know, that I see. I mean, the skills, the driver skills aren't there. I mean, that no. is one thing with, you know, automatic trucks is, is kind of the thing for the truck world. But but on the dirt side, we've gotten into a lot of GPS and and machine control, and that is... 
there are some really great advantages. You've got you, you take a really quality operator and you can double their production. Yep. Uh, you take a C level operator and you can turn them into an A level operator. But at the same time, like you're saying, similar with the truck drivers, mm-hmm. you can't. It, it doesn't give you a skill set. It is no. training wheels, and yep. the second That's the it. training wheels are not available, as soon there as is, that GPS, as soon as that satellite signal's gone, or, or you don't have a uh, yeah, you're you're fucked. You're hung out you to dry. Plan. You don't have a what do they call the three D uh, whatever for the job? The yeah, uh, the, the tremble. Yeah, the, the tremble GPS. When they call, when it has to be mapped out, what is there's a name off? Oh, the the t- the topo. topo? Or, or are you talking the model? Yes, yes, yep, yep, exactly. So a, lot, a lot of my jobs are existing parking lots, and uh, so if if I were to run GPS, I would have to have a model made for that job, and yep, then, yeah, yeah, of the existing, and then make a mo- a three D for what whatever should be. How, how you want to contour it. Yeah. Well, luckily, I have the skill of knowing how to grade because when you pay for so long, you 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 learn grading. So we could grade. Yep. I use a grader. Uh, dozers are, are great, but in cementing, they don't work well because number one, the cemented material gets into the track and eats the tracks. Like right. there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Interesting. And then a lot of jobs that we're doing are like, you know, today we're working in a parking lot. It's, it's, we're doing a section of the, yes, we're doing the whole thing, but sometimes we're doing a section of the parking lot, a middle section of it. And I can't be going on to the adjacent area with the track machine, because then I'm going to be wrecking more parking lots yep, which yeah. we weren't supposed to wreck, or driving into the job. With, so we just go with the grader. The grader is, you know, a lot of guys just look at it and get scared and walk away. Mm-hmm. But when you start grading with the grader, I mean, there's just no, there's nothing that even comes close to. I just, I just saw that the other day. Work. A gas station was being done. And they had a, a full-on grader. I'm like, holy shit! It, like, it is incredible. In my brain, it didn't look very. Feasible. It didn't look right. You know, it, it was just too big for. Right, you get the right guy on a grader. The way yeah. those things are taken and stuff, they'll get into corners yes. that you would never believe you could get in. Because the play could be unbelievable. Way out, and you yep. could, or, or, you know, articulate the thing. You'll do like a little ninety where even a dozer would have a tough time wow. getting into. Yeah, so, I just, I just, I'm like, what? Where's the skidster and the dozer? Is what my does. brain said, you know, because yeah. I'm not an operator. But I was just like, that looks way too large for that. But man. Two two hours later, I came back by through wow. town and they're they're it's paving. Perfect. I'm yeah. like, what the perfect. fuck? Yeah. It's that thing was going on so, the low boy and it was taking <laughs> off. <laughs> so graders, oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. No, and one thing when you're cementing, you know, of course you got cement in the ground. It's it's setting up. You you know you don't have much time to get that stuff on grade or as close yeah. as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you know. So, you have to. Sometimes we got to mill off the little high spots here and there. We get a little ridge that you know, and, and it's a, sometimes when you just stabilize the ground, isn't really that stable yet. It takes maybe six, seven, ten hours. Mm-hmm. So it's a little difficult to grade. So you do end up with some ruts sometimes. Yeah. And you just gotta you gotta fix that. You know, sometimes you can do a little leveling passes with the asphalt or like the little uh, mill. Yeah, and you know, just take out some ruts that you created because it was you know it was too soft, but. You don't have a lot of time, so when you, when we're grading our stabilization, you know, time is of the essence. You yeah. got to get it done quick. So a grader is one of those. I would put it in. I, I would almost move it over to the same realm as the hoisting world. The grader is one of the weird things of the dirt world because most other machines you can at least find somebody that has been in one before. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. a grader is one of those where 
there are very, very few people that actually have greater experience. Yeah. And a greater in the hands of a good operator is a a total machine class of its own. It is unbelievable what they can do to the point. And and for people who value, they'll make or break a job. Absolutely. And, and, And the crazy thing to me is... Most people don't recognize. So most people are, are familiar with graders grading flat roads. Yeah. They don't recognize there is there's a there's a portion of the grader called the saddle. And that is what actually holds the two main cylinders for the blade. That saddle can actually be unlocked and rotated itself. So you can rotate that blade a full 90 degrees to the machine. You can grade a vertical wall parallel oh, to I the machine yeah, yeah. with yeah, a grader absolutely. if you have the right operator that knows what the fuck he's doing yeah. it's unbelievable what you can do with a grader with the right operator so if the grader tips over you can still grade you know and just two wheels on the side that's yeah. you know what as long as you can get yourself back up right but but the, the crazy thing is it's it's this really weird dynamic in the dirt industry and, and this is one of the problems i have with the dirt industry with the way we train right now we're, we're used to this training system where you just learn on the fly, you learn on the job, and that's yeah. how you do it. The problem is the grader is one of the most critical pieces of equipment that it's always in demand. When it's on the yep. job site, it has to be precision, precise, very yep. quick work. Yep. And so as a result, no contractors are taking the time to train new people because there's not time to train new people. I, yep. I, I, think, I think it just takes a guy that really wants to embrace what he's doing and learn how to grade and want to just, you know, and forget about the, uh, the automation part of it. You know, you, you start throwing 3d on a, or top con system on a grader, forget it. The precision is, is, you know, it's unbelievable, but yeah. if you want, you got to get a guy that really wants to understand and learn and how to grade. He's got to like it. But if that's the thing, I don't see those guys that they don't have any interest in it. Yeah, so that is the, so you know, I was one of those guys. I, I really wanted to learn the grader and I had the skill mm-hmm. set for it. The problem is uh, for a lot of your bigger dirt companies, at least, uh, because it's such an in-demand machine, there's no time for them to set aside for you to go learn. It's always, well, we, we don't have time. We got to go. We got asphalt coming or you got concrete coming. Whatever it is that's following, the grader is that it's, step before. Well, it's so critical. If you're fine-tuning a grade for blacktop, you can't put a guy that can't grade. It, exactly. And and there, and there, so there's job. no learning. And, there's yeah. no, and as a result, there's no training time. And, and that's really... a. That's really on the contractor. The contractor has to dedicate time. Look, you need to come in after hours and I will pay you. I will invest in you after hours. But most contractors aren't willing to do that. And as a result, you don't have any blade operators in the the dirt industry right now. No. It's it's, definitely a dying breed. Because now, listen, in Jersey, there's very, very little graders. Very little. You see, everybody's going with, you know, the top con, a D5K. Yep. 5k2 wide yep. track with a with a top con system or yeah. even a fix whatever and that's what they're finished grading with now because you can finish with most Absolutely. most people in a d5 but you Absolutely. can't find someone to get in a in a in a grader yeah i think i sold them i uh you know, like I said, who's going to run it? Yeah. Yep. So, so what grader were you? Are you still currently running a grader? Did you oh, totally I sell? A I have a. I I just got the. I got. Uh, was it two years now or a year and a half? I got a John Deere six seventy two CH two. Oh, oh, oh okay. No, I wanted to find something that was. I didn't want any. Uh, 
no uh no death none of that stuff no mm-hmm. crazy electronics just all nice mechanical and so you know, that is the old piano key good. style grader yeah i believe it's called the it's i want to say a, it's a 99 oh yeah yeah i want to say this what comes down my dirt road so so for those not familiar uh the the it's dirt knuckle buster yeah, yeah. So the industry term for graders, the old school graders, and and John Deere, I believe, still makes their new graders with the piano keys. The reason they call them yeah, piano keys yeah. is you have, man, I'm I'm trying five to think. Is it, is it five? Four, no, it's four, more. Right? I think there's two. There's two sets of four, isn't there? So it's eight handles on each so side. Four, and then two. I think it's six. Okay, so six. Yeah, that's right. Just, yeah, I, yeah. Six and six. So I, I know. I just, I'd have to think. Yeah. There. You know how your hands kind of go. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And, well, and that's, and that's yeah, what I was about to say is the reason they call them piano keys is because you, you generally, the old school operators that know how to run those, will spread their fingers across them so that they yeah. can operate four or five of those controls all at the same time that's while they're insane. running down the road. It and is incredible. Yeah. It is like watching someone play an instrument when they run a grader with the piano keys. It is incredible to watch. It is truly one of like that's what what really drew me to the grader is. I love doing that. I I, like I say I love grading. Yeah, it's one of it's kind of if there is a mountaintop in the dirt world of of skills, the grader is that mountaintop. If you can run a grader with piano keys, like you are at the peak of the mountain. Like that is that is the cream of the cream right there. It, it is. It is. There's there's no one else that can do it, and it's a dying breed because there's not people that can do it. But watching one of those old school operators do it, yeah. it's unbelievable because they're they're not even looking at their hands. They know exactly where they're at. They're looking at the blade, and it's just all these subtle little nudges. And because again, your fingers are all spread across those different controls, yep. it's like they're playing a piano because all the fingers are working individually. To operate yep. all those, yeah. like I know I'm really chatted up, but, but legitimately that's what it is. Yeah. It's incredible to watch an old school operator. I bet they're really good with the ladies. You know what? One hundred percent. And that is yet another testament to the trades, because now you have the dexterity to please your lady in ways you never knew possible. Absolutely. <laughs> that that was an absolutely. Of experience right there. Yes. <laughs> Jeez, oh, geez. Well, get the wheels back on the tracks here. So, hey, John, if you could give any advice to male or female thinking about getting into the trades, what would that be? I'd say le- learn as many skills as you can. Yeah. And uh, bring, you know what? Bring some goodwill. If you, you have no experience, bring some goodwill. Show some wealth that you want to learn, and just simple things uh, show up on time. Want to help? Want to participate? Uh, because th- I don't think there's anything more frustrating for a contractor than someone that's shown up to work just because he's got to be there. Yeah, got to be there because he's got to go to work, but he really doesn't want to be there. That yeah, yeah. Words of wisdom. Yeah, there's, there's just you know, just but when you see someone that really wants to learn and is doing things, oh, I want to learn how to run that, and you could and you could tell when someone has a knack for running equipment, they have a knack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't. They don't. Yeah, it's pretty cut and dry. When they, when, when they 
don't you put a guy? I want to understand. Okay, I put. Okay, sit in there. Move that dirt. And when you see the minute he touches that stick on the and a whole machines jump in and he's ready to go through the window and <laughs> he just have the hand eye crunch. And listen, I really need ground guys that know how to check grades and know how to take <laughs> yep. measurements. That's you know, do that. So that's a great skill. That's exactly. That's yeah, we need you. Yeah, I'm really good at that. But well, you can't, you know, if you can't, you know, if you don't have the hand-eye coordination, don't, you know, it's just not, it's, it's yeah. not going to work for you. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to get anything done and it's going to, you know. But I will say something there on that note. Um, one of the things when I, I worked for a large contractor here in Michigan, Dan's Excavating. Uh, and one of the things that really stuck out to me as I spent more time in Dan's is you've got the laborers union and you've got the operators union. Yep. And, and I... I always noticed there was this very subtle underlying tone that the operators felt that they were somehow above the laborers. And I will say that is absolute. Absolutely. Because yeah. without because the laborers, 100 operators aren't doing shit. And what yeah. John just said is absolutely true. We have to have someone that knows how to accurately and quickly check grade. Nope. Otherwise, as an operator, layout or no? Absolutely, yeah. I have. I'm yeah. operating in the blind without that guy. Yep. I mean, he was my eyes on the ground. Like it's that a, is a critical a role. And dance, dude. It is, and it is. It takes the two parts together to make it work, and that's what so many operators. Their attitudes really frosted me because this whole superiority complex, dude, you ain't shit without your laborer right there. That laborer, by the way, is making you shine as an operator. Well, it's when you. What's that? That's no, that's absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you watch, yeah, you watch a good crew come in with just three, four guys and knock the job out of the park. Yeah. We're just watching you guys. Yeah. You two, you know, yeah. and then. When I'm in the hole, you know, checking grade, it's just even yeah, more. Yeah, when Matt's checking grade, my God, we're we're triple the production. Yeah, we're balls deep on that one. <laughs> They're not joking. That's and right. I can fucking push broom the fuck out of a parking lot when we're done. God damn it. That tot knows how to push a broom like nobody's business. Hey, <laughs> I was told you got to get good to something. That's that right. Was, that was the one thing I could get at is pushing a broom. Now, being, being a business owner and with the newer generation coming up, what's some of your biggest pet peeves when you get a new guy on the job? Like, well, like I said, the, uh, being there on time, don't, don't, don't show up to work with slippers. Yeah. Especially the ones with the little fur on top. Ooh. Have you had that? Because, a little fur on top? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, just love, I love how it trails off in disappointment there better be red wings let's put it that way yeah right so if i super glue i tell you what i'm gonna come work for you john and i'm yeah. gonna hot glue gun some fur around the top of my red wings yeah. just for you <laughs> make sure you're not you're not within 50 feet of the of the mill or the recliner yeah, that's right oh where God. the cleaver is yes. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome so i do it like i said but you know if, if you want to come to come in and do this work this job come and learn this skill because you like it and you want to learn it if you're being forced to because you think the money's good that ain't going to make you happy. It's not going to make me happy. 100%. I, I have always, always stood behind 
Go pursue your passion. Go do something you enjoy because you will not find success if you are not enjoying what you do. 100%. One young guy, 19, 20 years old. He loves equipment. He loves to run equipment. This guy learned how to run the loaders, the excavator in no time because he loves it. Mm -hmm. He loves doing it. He'll go to work at 4. I could pick this guy up 4, 35 o'clock in the morning. He says, we're starting early. Okay. I'll be there. I'll pick him up and we yeah. go because he likes doing it. Yeah. He's yeah. not being forced to go. This is what he wants to do, what he wants to learn. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, in all honesty, that's, that's a lot of the relationship that Rick and I have. So Rick is 100% the numbers guy in, in our relationship. And I, my passion is being out on the job and, and being on the equipment and, and being in the dirt. And, and until, I don't and, ha- until Rick tells him, Hey, tomorrow we're starting at seven. He's like, what the fuck? Well, that's man? true. We uh, now my, de- my dedication doesn't start until eight 30. Now <laughs> at eight 30, God damn it. I am there. 110%. always trying to use that fucking flex time on me. Yeah. Flex time. Yeah. Flex time, Rick. We're, we're, you know what? I'll work an extra 30 minutes late. If we start an hour later, I never, I never I'm, I'm not opposed to it. Cause you know what? If I show up at six 30, I'm not, I'm not doing shit until eight. Like, my yeah. brain doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I got to take my first shit, you know, at 7.30, yeah. and then my cup of Joe's going through my my blood. I'm ready at Well, eight. let's be honest. That first shit needs to take place at home. A Porter John just doesn't do it. It doesn't work that fast. And, and that's Not why. Like, likes to smurf fast. That's oh, like. that's true. That's true. <laughs> it's a Poseidon. <laughs> oh, God. Now, I do have a legitimate question for you. So yeah. your business is named after your father, correct? Yes, absolutely. Do you have a successor for your business currently? Uh, it's uh, actually it's me and my brother. So there's two of us. All right. Okay. Now his son, which is also named Anthony, uh, is became a civil engineer. Okay. So he's doing that. He works in the city and he's got a great job, pursuing a great job. My my son's too young yet. My son's 16. So by the time. Uh, I guess by the time he will be ready, then I'd probably be too old. So do I have a successor? Then I have two girls. They have other interests. They're, you know, they're, they have their, they're going during college, having their degrees. Yeah. Well, I, successor, not, not real, not, not likely. Let's put it this way. Well, so I, I don't want to pry too hard into your business and feel free to bypass a question if we need to, but kind of talk through that thought process is is that kind of difficult for you guys as you don't necessarily have a successor for this business that's not you know you know why it's not why is that in this in in this in this business atmosphere for the past three four five years yeah uh, it's i i don't know if sometimes really there's some mornings or some days when you're at work you know yeah, you don't wish this to anybody. Yeah. Because there's just a lot of difficulties. There's just too many right now. Yeah. And <laughs> this lack of help. This lack yeah, of help. That's, Every, Everything oh. is a problem. I mean, you start, like, like I said this morning, you know, this guy decides to get loaded with the wrong stuff. Yeah. This other guy doesn't show up. But you know, today's a heavy day. You, you know, really. <laughs> it is. It is tough. <laughs> it is tough, so tough. Though. You know, so if you could get a really good, good paying job as a professional, as an engineer somewhere, somewhere, you know, go what? have it. Go have it. 
Then, don't worry about. And then, and then, then what about these parts? These things with the parts, the fuel, the six. I don't know what you guys are paying. We're paying six dollars a gallon for diesel. Fuel. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're about five fifty. Yeah. yeah. Because of, because because of the magic magic fuel shortage that we're all suffering from oh, that no one can explain. Nobody knows why, but there's no diesel fuel. And then another thing, now you have to be careful where you buy your diesel because it's so expensive. If one of these stations that has sells fuel decides to dump, uh, you know, a thousand gallons of some kind of crap in those yeah. big tanks they have, that's just $6,000 they make. Yep. Now, are you guys actually actively running out of diesel fuel out there, or are they just jacking the price I, I up and claiming it? The prices are, go- the prices are, are going up. Uh, some uh, we have we buy fuel from one guy. He delivers to us so that we know right. this is the source. This is where it came from. If there's a problem with the fuel, we're coming with our machete. <laughs> that's right. The cleaver's coming your way, bitch. No, I'll tell you what. I, I have a diesel a diesel car. All right. And uh, my wife fueled up somewhere, and we couldn't figure out. What, and it started having problems and having problems. And it's six, seven, eight thousand dollars later. Ooh. Uh, the dealer opened up the tank and says, listen, there's some garbage in here. I don't know. If it's, where did you get the whole, you know, the problem has been ongoing for months. I don't exactly. Know you know, where we stopped. Yeah. Came from. So, you know, yeah. what I do? get the machete and go to every gas station I ever went to. And so everybody, <laughs> kids make notes. So always fuel up at the same place. So, you know, where to go. Where when you it's know fucked to up. take the cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> Save the receipt, pay with the credit card, take a picture of the credit card receipt, the mileage, and the guy pumping the fuel. Yep. So oh, you guys have people to pump your is, fuel, eh? It is. and it, 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 it could be an insurance claim. Yeah. I mean, people uh, you know what? I'm going full conspiracy theory here. It Diesel is one of the natural things that comes out of the process to produce gasoline. Correct. Yeah. Which means... For every gallon of gasoline produced, there's X amount of diesel produced, correct? Absolutely. So how in the fuck are we somehow short on diesel, but we're totally fine on gasoline? I call bullshit. I'm sorry. I call bullshit. Because everyone's back to work. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because but we it, got enough employees to make all the diesel fucking yeah. burn. But again, how the fuck is diesel short, but gasoline isn't? Uh, no, that's, uh, you stumped that's, me there. That's where yeah. I lose it. I go, how the fuck do you explain that? Because we've, we've been explaining that, you know. So then you 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 add that to the I don't know. Any of you guys been having any problems with the emissions on these newer trucks or machinery? Oh, everybody's having emissions yeah, problems. That. Everybody. That's you know, um, the, the mill shut down on me a few weeks ago. <laughs> we stopped in the middle of a job. Had to have the dealer come out at a tune of three or four thousand dollars to basically hit a, a, kind a, of reset. a reset. Yeah, you was know, it your one of your sensors? Sensor. Yep. Sensor that wasn't sensing, so it stopped it from regening. That's so. Yeah, regen, and I don't know if it's regening. I'm milling. So, yeah, so when it, back in my equipment sales days, uh, we I sold Bomag, and Bomag makes yeah. an absolute beast of a reclaimer, and we yes, took this sucker out. 
on a job and I'd already had it on, on two demos and this thing sang it absolutely just, everyone was impressed with it. The performance was unbelievable. It Uh was a beast of a machine. So we take it out to my prize customer. I've been after this guy for like two years. I'm, I'm going to sell him this monster reclaimer. And so we take it out on demo and for the first two hours, Oh my God, it, you couldn't ask for a better performance. It's chewing through everything we throw at it. We're we're really putting it through some rough spots and he's super impressed. And then all of a sudden it goes into limp mode. Oh, oh great. We can't figure it out. And so we, we end up doing some diagnostics. It turns out it's a def sensor. So we do some stuff on it, get it up and running. 15 minutes later, back into limp mode. Why so, don't you just crush a blue pill and throw it in the diesel tank? Dude, I'm telling you, this this freaking def sensor cost me the sale of this machine. It, it took two weeks of troubleshooting around to figure out what job. the issue. Well, no, finally we had to pull it off of his job because it was such a problem. And that's what cost me the sale. And it ultimately resulted in an effing def sensor. Like that's that. Unfortunately, that so is the world old rusted out reclaimer. That's it, man. They were running old CMIs and those things were tanks. They knew how to repair every freaking thing on those things. And they were like, well, it's not worth the upgrade. And it's like, well, enough. after today's oh, demo, I agree. Can you, can you, can you blame them? You exactly. Blame. You can't blame them after, after the demo. Them. So, but, but yeah, unfortunately emissions stuff it's, it's like everything else. You add more complexity to a system, you're going to have more issues. They're too complicated. It's just, 100%. Too, too complicated. Well, and on top of that, when, when you really delve down into the emissions systems, you have these sensors that are operating in unbelievably extreme environments. So if you've run in a DPF, you're running at ridiculous temperatures. If you're running in the SCR with DEF, you've got urea getting squirt on them all the time. I mean, these are not regular conditions. What do you expect? You've added a really complex system with really delicate equipment. It is what it is. It's par for the course. Just regen. Just regen. Just push the regen button and cross your fingers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just the way the technology's going. But with that being said, yeah, technology sucks. <laughs> I'm just so yeah, we're gonna have to wait for the battery operator. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now I will say, as much as everyone shits on battery technology, and I'm 100 percent there, battery technology is not where it needs to be for the construction world. But yeah. But we yes. do eliminate a shitload of issues if you get rid of all of this combustion engine just, shit. Uh, you eliminate issues that are that are relevant now, but you just create a whole bunch of new issues that you don't know about yet. No, just we're going to only look at the positive. I just yeah. want to watch. I'm a Democrat. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I just want to watch the black coal roll out of the stack. Rolling I, coal, I, I, You know what? I, I got care. to run a D6H these last couple weeks with Mr. Greg oh, motherfucking wow. Johnson. Yeah. Watching that giant soot cloud roll out of the exhaust when I went from reverse to forward. That's that's satisfying. It was. I spent three quarters of the day at half mast. You watch watch it grunt when it's working. Oh, yeah. You're just like, man, that's boner material. Or a cold start in the morning with one of those fuckers. When it sounds like they're about to blow up and the two mile fucking smoke up in the air. And I I will say this, too. I I know I'm going (laughs) to. Well, well, let's be honest. We're we're a, 
a trades podcast. We don't really have the the true. I'm not here to say the frogs and the worms and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. Dude. We don't. No. I don't have to worry about offending anyone. Those old school dozers. So I I transition because because unfortunately, the track tensioner. Uh, blew the bushings out of it or the packings out of it. Sorry. And it's and not due to your ability. It's, what we're it's not, at. not due to my abilities. It's, <laughs> she's just an old girl. And so I, <laughs> exactly. And so I upgraded to a Komatsu D61, much newer machine, much, much nicer on the cab and everything. But I will say this definitively that D6H out that Komatsu D61 hands oh, down. Yeah. Now it yep. burned more three fuel. times the fuel of the Komatsu. Yeah, but you don't have the, <laughs> the additives. And- but you don't have the issues. You had the freaking coal cloud rolling out the top of the exhaust every time. I I, I loved running that machine. Brian I looks like he came the, out of a coal mine when he got I done. I miss the old school iron, man. I do. I miss it. Until you're you in feel, it every you day. Feel, you hear the power. Yeah. You do. You, you 100% power. feel the power. And the your track back hurts base when you was long it. and it was smooth <laughs> grading and that thing pushed like a beast. Everything about it was just awesome except for the fuel bill. Fuel bill—that's that's a problem. That's a yes, problem. Huge problem. problem. Well, John, it's been a pleasure having you on tonight. But uh, before uh, it's been we a pleasure, well, it was a pleasure meeting you guys yeah. in Georgia. Excellent. And oh, we're absolutely. we're gonna get together again before you know absolutely. this time is done in but, Italy. Uh, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was gonna say. Make some of that olive wine. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, buying some black tonight. I thought we all forgot about that one. But uh, we're gonna we want to tighten, fucking start juicing an olive tomorrow. <laughs> this is the shittiest tasting wine I've ever had. I may be onto something though. Maybe olive infused wine. I tell you what, go attack the vegetarians with that. Yeah, right. So we're gonna end it with this final question if you could change anything anything in the world that you've done till this day what would your dream job be i'd say the same maybe we'll have started doing some Boom. of this more uh some of this uh, reclaiming stuff early should have started earlier yeah should have could have but hey I, you're I here now with all the problems i would not change the job i, I love the job i, I love it so I i'm gonna when, when I, went, I wouldn't have went down to georgia to go look, I went down because I wanted to see the new. You know, uh, FA just made their new uh, their mill heads for skid steers. Yeah, that's yeah. You, know, you know how good their skid steer attachments are because yeah. you guys use the forestry yep. yeah, stuff, exactly. right? Well, they just made an awesome mill head for uh, for skid steers. Man. Yeah, thing is awesome. And, and, and I will not- say this: <laughs> I'm going to totally. It, it needs to be stated. FAE has given us no money. They have not even approached us no. about any sort of sponsorship. This is a total freebie because their shit is that legit. FAE makes some unbelievably quality equipment. Nice we have day. been. It is. It's. We, it's about as badass as me. You know, if if, if you if could FAA distill Matt, Totten, Matt no. motherfucking yeah. Totten into. A piece of equipment. It you would know, be an would be, FAE you know, if attachment. I actually, <laughs> if I could actually get a 12 hour day out of Titan like I do the equipment, <laughs> it would be <laughs> Have you tried giving him some olive wine? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you still owe me money. <laughs> That's it. So John, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a follow up question uh that I have yep. stolen. Uh take this however you will, interpret it however you will. What do you feel your purpose is? My purpose. 
That is however deep or shallow you want to take it. That's what I love about this question. Well, my purpose right now is to uh, to work, enjoy what I'm doing. Of course, I have to prosper from it also because I have a, a family and to support. Sure. And uh, and 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 do the best I can every day. That's why I said I'm going to do the best I can today, and. When you go to bed at night, you could put your head on a pillow and go to sleep because I tried. Yeah. That, what an awesome mentality, especially for the trades, is if you gave I, it your I all. Gi- I gave it my all. Yeah. So no matter what happened, how bad it went or how well, I gave it my all. I'm Absolutely. Gonna put my head on a pillow and I'm going to sleep. Great advice. Thank you, John. That's it. That's great. On a my pillow. Well, John, it's been a pleasure. Was awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah thank thanks, John. Much. It was it was good chatting with you. This has been fun. With that being Absolutely. said, everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. Absolutely. Reach out to one of us on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook you name it. We're LinkedIn, there. Us, wherever. Tell us your story. Tell us your friends. Tell your friends about the <laughs> podcast. Reach out. We're looking for guests. We're looking for people. We're listening to your stories. Let's get them on. <laughs> and, and give us some unique trades. Uh, you know, rough carpentry, iron workers, uh, boiler makers. Fuck. We want we'll some even trades. We'll a violin maker. Yeah. You know. Any of them. If you have not gone you to college and you do some sort of a trade, please reach out so we you can tell your story. You could went to college and just tell us a story why well, you got 100%, out of college. 100%. Yes. If you even if you went to college and ended up in the trades come tell your story please so that being said thank you everybody thank you we'll catch you next week we're out